Come on, let's get nuts. It's hump day! Whoa, not yet. Whoa. Got that up there already. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Film Chucky Live on your June 8th. Ugh. We're getting into summer, man. It is hot. All hot right now, especially in California. Hopefully you guys aren't sweltering right now. What's going on, everybody? Make sure you smash that like, thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Do all that stuff. If you're watching this not live, guess what? It's probably chaptered out for you. Check it out. You can fast forward to other things. You know, you don't have to hear me talk nonsense for the opening of the show. But thank you guys for uh, tuning in as uh, per usual, or clicking in, I should say. Make sure you uh, follow me on all the uh, sock meds and everything down below and all that stuff. Yes, we're going to have some fun today. What's going on? Nothing. Well, I mean, we're going to be talking about a certain something about uh, good old Ezra Miller. So, yeah. I mean, when it comes to, I think if you're referring to Ezra's side, not quite yet. Not quite yet. I don't know what this means, but uh, Rojas. All right. Ezra in the poo-poo. Yeah. I mean, I guess he, he, yeah, a little bit, huh? What's going on, Jesse? How you doing? We got Mr. Fear Jason right here. Miguel, what is up? Uh, yeah, doing pretty good. Not too bad. J.D. McRae is here. Pumped, pumped. I mean, I've been pumped. I've been pumped, and we're going to go over this trailer. You saw my reaction earlier this morning, so what's going on, Stephanie? We got Hellenic Boy. What's up? Hey, not great, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, there's some, it's a mixed review, yeah. He said we're going to go over it, Black Joker right here, and he said Black Adam, enough said, so, yeah. some people that like it, you know. Ah, what's up, darling? My excitement for Black Adam is lesser than seeing the trailer, unfortunately, yeah. I think some people are uh, kind of thinking that too, you know, that's one of the things we'll be going over. Let's continue that music right there. Uh, what's going on, Nikolai Vega, Mr. Vega? Good to see you, good to see you, good to see you. Cheers to you too, sir. What's going on, Mr. Cowley? How you doing? Yeah, we got like a mixed bag. We got a mixed bag of reviews right here. Can you smell what the Black Adam is cooking? Right, what's going on, Jose? Happy hump day, Black Adam trailer's great for a teaser. That's an interesting spin right there. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the trailer was okay, but it didn't really increase my anticipation for the movie. Mm, interesting. Hoy hoy, Mr. Jason McKenzie. Slightly underwhelmed, but it's only the first trailer, so he's got a point right there. It was mid, Mr. Lofton says right here. Okay, okay, okay. That's a lot of things, you know. A lot of reviews for the trailer. Let's see, what else we got? Trailer with some goofy parts. Uh, Black Joker says, I don't need a trailer or some person to tell me what the Black Adam is. Yeah, my favorite film, so yeah. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. We got Tony. What's going on? Tony Movie Trappy D9 Neil Blomkamp fan. And that's what I'm talking about. It's Robert Pattinson's Batman going to get a sequel with a new villain. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh oh. Easy there. Uh, Russ came for blood. He came for blood. <laughs> I know. I think I think Russ just wants to get banned. I think that's what he's going for. Right now. You know, 
so you might have to ban you might have to ban them so i don't know we'll see what happens but yeah we're gonna be going over this trailer like i said uh we would and uh yeah i mean i just hate i always hate the fact that man why do they have to like can we do it at noon can we do it at noon i would like it if they if they drop these trailers at noon man. but sadly they do not you know it's always oh oh yeah that obi-wan okay um, but sadly, they always drop it at, you know, 9. I mean, I guess that's just the perfect time. It's 9 a.m. Eastern time, but then it's 6 a.m. my time. So I got up like a half hour earlier than I usually do. Actually, I got up 45 minutes earlier than I, <laughs> than I usually do. So I was a little bit like, eh. I was a zombie just waking up and going, eh. I immediately went for the coffee. I just poured my coffee and I was like, eh, 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 and I was just trying to get that. Trying to get as hyped up, like as energetic as possible when it came to uh, my reaction. But anyways, guys, you're right. Let's do this. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, clicking in, of course. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about Ezra. Yes, new claim has come about. We're going to go over that. Good old TMZ, of course. We're going to talk about Jurassic World Dominion because that is, of course, coming out this Friday or Thursday, I should say. That's when I'm seeing it seeing it tomorrow so we're going to talk about the box office projections which look really good but the reviews not so much yeah sadly the reviews aren't there and then of course you could kind of see up up there you go see it's clashing the the obi-wan the obi-wan title is clashing with the bricks of my background but yeah uh, man, there's just so much to talk about today because we had Miss Marvel episode one and then, of course, Obi-Wan Kenobi episode four. Jesus Christ. And then they decided to drop the Black Adam trailer today, too. I they should have dropped it on Thursday, right? Tomorrow, maybe. But then again, I wouldn't be able to break it down live like this. if That was the case. But who cares? All right. So we'll be talking about all that and much, much more, man. We got some more stuff. Obviously, we got to get to the tweets. Which more stuff, of course, happened today that we'll get to in the tweets. Oh, 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 oh. Hold on a second. Let me go ahead and uh, make sure I'm all good. Where am I at? Okay. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Where am I? Okay. All right. We're good. We're good. We're good. Oh, 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 oh. We're going to start off the tweets with a, with a bit of a banger, guys. Oh, we're going to start off with something just um, like I said, when it comes to Warner Brothers Discovery and Dave Zasloff, oh man, he is just fed up with J.J. Abrams, I tell you what. Yes, uh, this kind of slipped under the radar a little bit yesterday. Not so. I mean, a lot of people were, you know, talking about it today. But yes, HBO Max has canceled the planned series Demonde. Demimonde? I don't even know how to... Demimonde? I don't know how if I'm even saying that right. But yes, you know that... Uh, you know how JJ got paid, what? A shit ton of money to come over to Warner Brothers and nothing really has been produced. And he's been producing this series right here. It's been axed before it even shot a frame of film right here. The series will be shopped around to other streamers. Guarantee you it goes over to Apple TV because we already know that JJ was is going to be producing. He's going to be producing uh, a whatchamacallit. Um, Jesus Christ, totally drawn a blank. You guys know what he's producing over there. Uh, I could see it. Jeez. Ah, yeah, my brain's not working right now. Uh, what is he producing over there that we found out like a couple of weeks ago? 
Um, yeah, I can't even like my brain is just going. It's right there. It's right on the tip of my nose. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, what is it? What is he producing over there? Shit. Anyway. So, yeah. Dave Zaslav is like, you know what, JJ? Speed Racer. There it is. Jesus Christ. I could not pull that fucking name out. I could see it. Everything. See it. See the cartoon. See the uh, the Wachowskis movie. But I was like, what is it called? Could not fucking pull the title out of my ass right there. But anyways, yes, Speed Racer. He's producing Speed Racer over there. Um, so it's probably going to uh, end up over at uh, Apple TV or po- possibly Amazon. I don't know. But JJ, yeah, what are you doing there, JJ? Uh, we, we all want to know what's going on with JJ. Yeah, apparently it's junk, according to uh, to Russ. I mean, I'm curious because... You know, the title is interesting. There's nothing ever been titled that. And, you know, J.J.'s put some good stuff. I mean, I always, I always, you know, when a kid, we had so much hope for J.J., but I know some people don't, never liked him. They never liked the lens flare or anything like that. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought he did a decent job of reinvigorating the Star Trek franchise. I thought Force Awakens was definitely the better one out of the uh, the sequel the sequel movies, um, but then, of course, you know, they pulled him back in to do Rise of Skywalker, and that was like an impossible feat right there. But, you know, Cloverfield, Super 8, I really enjoyed those movies. Super 8, I mean, he was definitely going, hey, I'm going to try to be uh, Steven Spielberg here, and I think he accomplished it when it came to Super 8. Um, but, you know, the Cloverfield franchise and all that stuff, I mean, I, I it just sucks that it's like, all right, they the Cloverfield paradox that came out, on Netflix, it just went nowhere. People really didn't like it that much. And then they decided, all right, we're going to stop right there. And I went, why? Because there's still some story to tell right here. You built this whole little universe right here, and you're just going to stop. But anyways, yes, Dave Zaslav, Warner Brothers uh, Discovery, said, nope, we're done. We're not going to do uh, We're not gonna do this series. But I'm sure it's going to get picked up somewhere else. But come on, JJ, what are you doing? What are you doing? <coughs> And then, of course, uh, with all the uh, the Joker 2 talk right here, if you guys remember back, I don't know when it was. I think it was like it was a few months ago. But uh, I posted this. This is a, a Film Junkie shot from um, from uh, from a Film Junkie Live that I did a few months ago where Willem Dafoe talked about his idea for a Joker 2 because everybody is always fan casting Willem Dafoe when it comes to uh, Joker. So... He had an idea for what could possibly, if he were to join Joker 2. So I always liked this thumbnail. This thumbnail was fun to make. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, let me make a, let me make a uh, Willem Dafoe looking crazy, th- crazy Joker face right there. So I was, uh, I, I, uh, I took some time with that thumbnail right there. But I do like his idea. And his idea was essentially that there could be multiple Jokers. And if we judge what that, that title on the uh, on the script that we saw yesterday from Todd Phillips, there's going to be you know there's going to be one more person that is suffering from this disorder or illness or possibly two more people, three more people. Who knows? Everybody's thinking Harley Quinn, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be Harley Quinn. So, and then yes, hopefully you guys checked out the uh, the Black Adam trailer reaction right there. And then look at this. Hey, we got our we you know that wasn't the only trailer that showed up today. Rob Zombie's The Monsters.
I, <laughs> man, I mean, hey, and of course he, you know, Miss Sherry Moon, always got to have his wife in his movies. I mean, I guess it's cold there. The breath's gone. Yeah. You know, I, I never was a Munsters fan. Never really got into it, not even as a kid. I was always about the Adams Family, and I'm surprised there, there hasn't been an Adams Family, like, you know, total thing right there. All new movie coming, uh, yeah. Now in living color. Oh. So where's everybody else? Where's Marilyn and where's Eddie? Well, right? Have we seen what? them yet? But yes, uh, Rob Zombie dropped the first little teaser trailer for The Munsters, and apparently he's keeping it true to the the TV series. So that's, uh, you know, I just was never uh, really into it that much. I was more into the Adams Family for sure. And a lot of people were like kind of wondering, when are they going to do like a crossover? I'm sure it'll happen one of these days. One of these days, and look at this right here, guys. You guys know I'm a diehard. Uh, the Foo Fighters are my favorite band, and sadly, back in March, we lost Taylor Hawkins, the drummer, one of the best drummers. I think probably the best drummer. I mean, my God, my favorite drummer. Obviously, we lost him to, uh, to a, you know, he, he died um, right before their show, a little too much, uh too much chemical cocktails that were happening, sadly, but uh, they uh, announced this today, which I'm going to try to get tickets for because obviously Los Angeles right here at the Kia Forum on September 27th. And then, of course, Wembley Stadium. There's going to be Foo Fighters and the Hawkins family present Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. So, man, this is going to be something interesting. Um I'm curious to see if the Foo Fighters end up at playing, obviously with a different, you know, with a new drummer. Uh, that's what I'm, that's what every, anybody who's a Foo Fighters fan is wondering what's going to happen when it comes to the band, because Taylor Hawkins, when you thought, when you uh, heard Foo Fighters, you know, it was Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens at this tribute concert right here, or concerts, I should say, so... May he rest in peace, man. May he rest in peace. But, yeah, they posted that today. And uh, Taylor Hawkins' wife also posted a statement, too, thanking all the fans uh, for reaching out and everything. So, yeah, it just makes me sad. I can't believe the guy's still – can't believe the guy's gone, man. Still can't believe it. Still cannot believe it. Um, and then today, when it came to Geeked Week on Netflix, the, uh, today was Animation Day, and apparently there's going to be a new Ghostbusters animated series. That's right. It is Ghostbusters Day. I did wear my Ghostbusters shirt, Ghostbusters Day, because obviously 38 years ago, guess what happened? We got introduced to the Ghostbusters, so... It is Ghostbusters Day, and talk about a perfect day to announce that there's going to be a whole new animated series on Netflix, and naturally, I'm going to be watching it, and it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be showing up, and I will be watching that like crazy. I don't know if it's going to be the real Ghostbusters or not. Who knows? And then, yes, guys, um, any day now, when are we going to get that head cheese, the head cheese of uh, DC Studios right there? You know, I don't know who made this uh, this logo, but it's really awesome, of course. So, but yeah, I'm kind of thinking that any day now we've been talking about it. Who's gonna be 
the new um, head of DC Studios. Somebody's going to be it. I mean, obviously, we have, of course, uh, Michael DeLuca that's coming over and going to be looking over some things. But it's not necessarily DC stuff. I mean, he is. But they need somebody who's going to be heading DC Studios. And and it's funny, too, because, you know, naturally, I got uh, people going, oh, yeah, Deborah Snyder. And I'm just going, no, stop. Stop it again. I, I, you know, I get it, fans. I get it. I totally get it. It's like, yeah. I mean, if you're going to choose somebody, yeah, I would love it. Yeah, if Debbie Snyder wanted to do it, I'd be like, sure. But, you know, and and I know that everybody's kind of just going on the whole fact that Zack Snyder liked a post from somebody, but we can't just go on likes of posts. But, yeah, there's some people that are like, yeah, Deborah Snyder's going to, you know, and everything. And it's like, no, she's not. She's already, her and Zack have their own studio. They have Stone Quarry. They have their own thing going right now, and she's not going to want to come over here and clean up the mess that is DC kind of currently right now. So get that out of your heads, please, fans. I mean, I get it. I get it. But sometimes you got to think logically. Don't think like a fan. Think like a, uh, you know, what would be the logical choice? And Deborah Snyder coming over and heading that, and that's not going to be the case. But we'll see what happens. Maybe next week. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday. I don't know. You know, Zaslav, Zaslav works fast. Zaslav definitely works fast. So, And then speaking of the Snyders, look at this. Talk about getting a big fucking fish right here. Yes. Anthony Hopkins joins Zack Snyder's Netflix sci-fi adventure pick Rebel Moon. That's right. Sir Anthony Hopkins, by the way. Click. Come on. So uh, this was revealed today. Man, this is pretty awesome stuff right here. So Anthony Hopkins, I mean, he's not going to be in a physical form. He's going to be a uh, voicing Jimmy. That's right. Jimmy and possibly sentient JC1435 uh, mechanized battle robot and one time defender of the slain king. So, yes. So no, like you're not going to see Sir Anthony Hopkins in the physical form, but we're going to hear his voice coming out of a robot. That is right. You got to love that. And then uh, where is it at? Where is it at? There it is. Zach posted this right here. Hopkins, there's the design right there for this Jimmy sentient robot that he's going to be voicing. I love it. That's right. Zach is excited. That design is crazy. So we've seen two. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen another character, too. We saw what's-his-name's character. But we've seen these other characters that have horns. Apparently, uh, there's some horny people in Rebel Moon that's happening right here. That's for sure. But, yeah, Mr. Anthony Hopkins is going to be voicing that. What's interesting, though, is, like, I, I, and we've talked about this before. We've talked about this before look at the eyes blue robotic eyes anybody remember seeing you know the robots that were in army of the dead they had blue eyes too i'm still convinced that rebel moon and army of the dead the dead verse and the rebel verse might be the same universe but just at different times i don't know then again, I might be just looking way too into it because it's just fucking blue eyes. But I'm just saying. That would be interesting. 
You know, we've all suspected. Obviously, there's some time travel that happens in the Army-verse. So, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Anthony Hopkins, that's pretty great right there. And, of course, we saw this, uh, this design right here. Like I said, some pretty uh, horny, dare I say, characters in the Rebel Moon universe. So. And then, yes, like I said, here's uh, Mr. Jason Reitman right here talking about, of course, a little special message for Ghostbusters Day. Hey, Ghostbusters fans, it's Jason Reitman, and I'm here outside Ghost Corps along with my favorite car to wish you a happy Ghostbusters Day. Uh, I just want to thank you for yes. being, honestly, the best fans in the world. For anyone who puts on the flight suit or puts on the proton pack or supports these movies, we are so grateful, and we wanted to celebrate you today and the future of Ghostbusting. We have a lot of secrets, and we're going to share a few of them with you today. So keep an eye on the socials, and definitely check out tonight. Obviously, the animated really series. We want to share with you. Happy Ghostbusters Day. Oh, can't wait for the uh, follow-up to Afterlife right there. I'm probably going to watch that this weekend. I haven't watched Afterlife uh, since I watched it twice in theaters. I'm going to watch that today. So, yes, God damn it. Love it. Love it. And, hey, keep hashtagging that air cut. Hashtag release the air cut, guys. And also, Henry Cavill Superman. Don't forget, if you want to do restore the Snyderverse, add release the air cut and hashtag Henry Cavill Superman. I'm just saying, just every little bit helps right here. Tamora Morrison wants to get Boba Fett back to his badass ways. We got to see the old Boba Fett. So not even the star is happy with the series that came out. Yeah. That's always interesting, right? When the star is not happy with the outcome of the series when it comes to Boba Fett. I mean, I'm sure he's happy that he got paid and he got brought back and everything like that. Sure. And was happy to play the character and continue the character. Sure. But at the same time, he realizes that, yes, they kind of softened Boba Fett when it came to Book of Boba Fett. Not to mention there was a couple episodes where they took a little detour and said, OK, we're not going to have Boba Fett in some of these episodes. We're going to continue to expand the universe and have Luke and Ahsoka and Grogu and everybody, you know, coming back. But yeah, it's time to bring it back, guys. I mean, hopefully, when if they do another season of Book of Boba Fett, which hopefully they will and they probably will, let's get him back. Let's get him back to the way he was because yeah, it 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 was you know, it was mixed. And then of course they're going to be talking about Obi Wan, and I think Obi Wan is starting to suffer a little bit from what Book of Boba Fett suffered too and this is what's the problem when it comes to these shows right here with these pre-existing characters but yeah he wants to get them back to the badass ways and i completely agree completely up oh, look at this what somebody else no say it ain't so guys carolyn blackwood exits warner brothers amid ongoing shakeup. the coo has worked closely for years with Toby Emmerich, who is stepping down as movie chief as new Warner Brothers Discovery chief Zaslav reshapes the studio. That's right. Bye-bye. Warner Brothers Motion Picture Group COO Carolyn Blackwood is exiting her post. Blackwood's departure was widely expected after new owner Warner Brothers Discovery announced last week the movie studio chief Toby Emmerich, her boss and longtime confidant, 
would be stepping down. Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav wants a new start and has tapped Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi to run Warner's and New Line as soon as Amazon releases them from their contracts at MGM. Emmerich, who has been leading Warner's since 2017, unfortunately, after a long run at New Line, will secure to a uh, producing deal with Warner Brothers Discovery. No, he's on his way out. You know, that's just what happens. She's she's out. So she rose to the role of Warner Brothers Motion Picture COO in 2019 and was tasked with running the day to day operations of the studio. In recent years, she had to contend with AT&T takeover with the AT&T takeover and a pandemic. She played a key role in developing Project Popcorn with former Warner Media chief Jason Kylar, whereby all Warner Brothers titles in 2021 open simultaneously in theaters and HBO Max. So apparently she was part of that decision right there, which, of course, you know, some of us said it was a great decision, but some people in the biz would say that wasn't a good decision. As COO, Blackwood cut a wide swath of oversight duties, among them physical production, business affairs, music, and live events. And she continued to co-run New Line with Richard Brenner a, at New Line. Blackwood has helped guide The Conjuring Universe, James Wan's hit horror franchise, and The Hobbit movies. Hmm. Wonder Brothers, she helped shepherd Christopher Nolan's Tenant and Wonder Woman 84. Eek alongside numerous other titles, including DC's The Batman. They always try to tie everybody to The Batman. So... Yeah, we don't need to read what Toby Emmerich had to say about her. Yeah, we get it, Toby, whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, this old the old guard is just leaving. Zaslav is not wanting. Get out, JJ. Get out, Toby. Get out now, Miss Miss uh, Miss Blackwood right here. So this is going to help things. Thank God. Right. Yeah, that's what needs to be. That's what needs to happen. So anyways, OK. So, bye-bye. Like I said, any day now, we're going to get that new head cheese of DC Studios. Okay? Michael DeLuca, Pamela Abdi, and then whoever's going to run DC Studios. And then hopefully things are just going to be good shit. Hopefully. And then look at this. Did anybody know that uh, Trevante Rhodes was going to be playing Mike Tyson in a Hulu series? I did not. I was waiting for uh, Jamie Foxx and the biopic of him playing Tyson. But yes, we now have a series that's coming out on Hulu with Mr. Oh. Trevante Rhodes playing Mike Tyson. And it looks pretty good. Looks really good. Fucking fun. Yeah. Look at the tiger. You gotta have some fun. Looks like he's uh, embodied the role pretty well. Bulked up pretty good going to be called Mike. But yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere and everybody's kind of going like, wait a minute, wasn't Jamie Foxx going to be playing something? Whatever the fuck. But I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's going to be a movie now. I don't know. All very interesting. Maybe maybe that got maybe maybe it's not happening anymore. I don't know. It's really weird. Really weird. So I don't know. Hey, we got a new poster right, right here from uh, Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Del Otto, right there, of the Batman, which looks pretty damn cool. Gotta love that. And then we got Stranger Things from Billy the Butcher right here. Stranger Things poster of the Hellfire Club, Chapter 1. That's pretty cool as well. And then I like this right here from, what, Jaws? 
right here from Jaws. It looks, <laughs> what's his name? He's got a proton pack on. I like that. It's pretty good. Hey, 10 years ago today, a decade ago, Prometheus came out. Remember when Prometheus came out and nobody was expecting it to be as deep and philosophical as it was, but people just wanted to see xenomorphs, so they kind of fucked up the whole story, which was stupid. It's like, God damn it, I still want to see the conclusion of this goddamn story with this motherfucker right here, this little android, David, right here. I'm still wondering. I want to know. I want to see it link up to, you know, the first Alien movie, but... I don't think we're actually going to see this because obviously it didn't, you know, didn't do box office business, sadly. But it's a beautifully shot movie and a beautifully done movie. And uh, more and more people every day go, hey, that was actually a good movie. Why can't we get more of that? And then speaking of Netflix and their animation that was happening today, the MonsterVerse that's going on from Powerhouse Animation drops a Titanic first look at Skull Island. Remember, this is coming to Netflix right here, Skull Island. Look at that big, huge hand. That's pretty cool. Tom Hiddleston. Can you believe that Tom Hiddleston got cast as Loki when he was 29 years old? Now he's 41. Still playing Loki. Loki Season 2 is currently filming right now, too, which is crazy. And then if you're wondering what's going on with uh, Army of the Dead, Las Vegas, or even Twilight of the Gods, well, this is the only update that we have when it comes to both of those Zack Snyder products that are coming to, to Netflix. So hard at work on a few other Netflix projects, Army of the Dead, Lost Vegas, and Twilight of the Gods. And uh, Netflix Geeks, we'll have more news on those coming soon. Coming soon. Yeah, that's all we get. That's all we get, guys. Ugh, sad. Sucks, because I wanted to see some Las Vegas stuff. I mean, we're all anxiously awaiting more Las Vegas stuff. I mean, it's been over a year since we got that little tease from Zach. Sadly, I mean, I've told you guys that there was something, there was a complication that happened with the animation studio they were they were uh, using. So that has something to do with it. But also, animation takes time. Jay Oliva says that too. I mean, he went on, you know, Slay Oliva. I love it when Slay Oliva starts posting t uh, responses on Twitter, and he basically he realized that animation takes time. It's like, yeah, but. From what I gathered, from what I heard, too, there was a little complication that happened with the studio that they were using to animate Las Vegas. But hopefully we can get something pretty damn soon. Hey, you can get your book. Hey, you know, look at that. Deeper and Deeper is the perfect companion to the best-selling memoir, providing even more depths to this hero's soul. That's right. The Deep, if you want to, you know, catch his... Uh, his uh, book on uh, Audible, Deeper and Deeper, there you go, right there. I love, I love, I love the fact that, you know, they really just, uh, they bring it in. They bring it into real life when it comes to this stuff like that with the boys. Can't wait to see the new episode. That'll be premiering on Friday or Thursday night. This is pretty funny right here. Um, it's Father's Day is coming up, and apparently uh, Ryan Reynolds said, you know what, we're going to get Nick Cannon to do the, uh, the aviation vasectomy. Uh, Ryan Reynolds did the video last year, but this time he decided to bring in Nick Cannon, who just was announced today that he's going to have his ninth child. Nick Cannon, ninth child. Jesus Christ, the guy does not have a pullout game whatsoever. Holy Lord. But this is a pretty funny. This is a pretty funny. I've never really been a Nick Cannon fan. I never thought he was that funny. But this is actually pretty funny right here because he leans in the fact that he has a lot of kids. And then, of course, Ryan Reynolds uh, shows up at the very end. 
And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a funny video. Uh, Twitter sucks. Anyways, you guys could see it. Ryan Reynolds posted it. I don't know why the video just locked up because it's Twitter. But yeah, nine kids. Uh, yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. Man, guy just doesn't know how to pull out. Here's a, here's a, a throwback right here of Ivan Reitman directing, of course, the first, the very first Ghostbusters film. Look at that thing. All on set. Looks cool. It's a cool shot. Love the black and white. Happy Ghostbusters Day. And then, of course, right after this, guys, if you want to head over to the Real Motion, Real in Motion uh, YouTube channel, you can see Mr. Everts and possibly Mr. Garza talking about the week's events that are happening, a laundry list of stuff that they'll be going over. So check it out right after this. Hopefully I don't go overtime, right? You know, it does happen. It definitely does happen. But anyways, all right. So let's get to it. Let's get to uh, let's get that a needy greedy right here. Let's see. We got to get rid of that, that and that. Let's talk about Black Adam. How are we feeling about Black Adam? Huh? How do we like that trailer? How many times have you watched the trailer? Are you super excited? Does it get you more hyped, less hyped? Kind of saw some of the uh, the comments already in the super chat but uh you know how are we feeling about this i did of course um i did of course put a uh, uh a poll a poll on youtube to see um what everybody was feeling like when it came to this nerdy mastermind says it looks great um uh, let's see uh russ of course thinks it's junk comedy video is saying it's going to be the biggest flop of 2022 uh, Mr. Eric said, no stupid quick joke after the title at the end of the trailer. Thank you. Matias says, uh, trailer made me less excited about the movie. So it's pretty interesting to see the reaction. You know, uh, Captain Gator Girl says, Russ is junk because that's what it is. I just want to see the JSA. I think that's what everybody has been saying the most. And this is this goes back to what I was saying about the response to the test screening seems like people are more interested in the JSA than they are Black Adam. That is a problem. That is a little bit of a problem right there when you've been trying to get this movie out for over a decade and people are more interested in seeing the JSA than the actual character that the movie is fucking based off of. That's what's crazy. Okay, so here we go. Here's the poll right here. Everybody's just kind of going like this is only 914 votes currently right now. Everybody's kind of going, it's okay. 53%. 28% said loved it. 15% said uh. 3% said terrible. Terrible. So not too shabby. Not too shabby. So at least people are still somewhat excited for it. But, uh, but here we go. Let's kind of go through this again, and we'll watch it again. And uh, hold on, let me make sure. Do I got this? Yeah, it's all good. Okay, here we go. Shit. Black Adam. Black Adam. What have your powers ever given to you? Curious about that. Nothing but heartache. And then, of course, that's who... I mean, put Pierce Brosnan as much in the trailer as possible. Then I was reborn a god. Reborn a god. My son sacrificed his life to save me. That's going to be an interesting scene. Over fire! 
And then of course now, you got uh, Kanye showing up uh, in this trailer. Cause you gotta have a Kanye West song. In this world, heroes. Oh. Villains. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. Yeah. Womp womp. My vision has shown me the future. You have two choices. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick. Destroyer of this world. You can be its savior. That's up to you. Miss uh, Sashi, Sahi, whatever her name is. Uh, she's gorgeous. Did he just catch a rocket? He got a rocket. <laughs> All right. Dun dun dun. Okay, so let's kind of go through this thing right here. Obviously, we got the. I mean, I'm assuming this ship right here is the Justice uh, Society of America, kind of like uh, a little bit like kind of how like the Avengers have their ships too. I don't know, Black something Adam. like that. What are your and then we're going to have this backstory, which, of course, uh, Dwayne Johnson looks a little smaller than he actually is right there. That's him, right? It's not his son. Oops. Given to you. It's very interesting. It's going to be interesting backstory, I guess you could say. Human fluid. But, I mean, that's, that's who we want to see, right? I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's who I want to see the most. <laughs> it's like... It's Pierce Brosnan. It's Dr. Fate. Kind of, you know, I think that's even Dwayne Johnson earlier this week, you know, gave his praise to Pierce Brosnan because he knows he listened to the test audience right there. I was a slave. So we saw that already. That shot. It's going to be interesting. Look at that. We got a little blood action going on right here. I don't know who that is. It looks like that. That's what I don't know. I guess that's his. Somebody then is. I was reborn a god. Of course, we have him showing back up right here, and that's. I mean, uh, my I son exactly sacrificed right his there. life to save me. Some dramatic moments. Hey, you know, come on, we need some drama right here. Let's go, Dwayne Johnson. This is what's going to be interesting. Obviously, you have those two right over here these two characters right here with this whole little SWAT team that's happening. This is just that scene. I don't know if they reshot some of this stuff. I don't know. Almost seems like they kind of did. I don't know. Now, I kneel before no one. I kneel before no one. Is that little, like, uh, play on the whole kneel before Zod right there? That's a cool shot. I will say, this is a cool shot right here. That's a cool shot. Okay, so this is more of the JSA ship right here. Obviously, look, you have like a little emblem on the back of the uh, the seat right here. So they have their own little stuff like that. And I know like when it comes to the JSA, the JSA is supposed to be more in the past. But hey, what can you do? You know, 
But I do like the fact that, uh, you know, he jumps through right, right here, just kind of falls down right there. And then, of course, we get our... Um, obviously, this looks a little better, but, you know, one of the things that a lot of people were talking about, and I, I even kind of complained about it, too, it's like, yeah, the color palette is a little too yellow. They should really adjust the color palette because it's a little too yellow. Let's uh, mix it up a little bit. Let's bring the yellow down a little bit, maybe add a little bit of green, possibly a little bit of blue. I don't know. They just need to bring the yellow color palette down just a skosh, a little too yellow. But it's a good shot right there. It definitely is. And then a shot, of course, Adam Smasher right there, which his costume is all illuminated and everything's looking pretty cool right there. Not too shabby. And then, yeah, we were about to see Pierce Brosnan put on the Dr. Fate helmet. Which is like, oh! And then, of course, we have a shot right there. That's the only shot. Sadly, only shot we get of Dr. Fate right there, which I think out of all the costumes, this costume looks probably the best when it comes to the JSA especially, so... But he's doing some crazy shit. There's Cyclone right there, I believe, that's making that. And I don't know. When it comes to these guys on the hover bikes, which really reminds me of the first Avengers movie. Um, yeah, I think that's why I, I, I think I even saw some people talk about how, you know, some of the stuff looks like, oh, it's like the first Avengers movie. I don't know if it's like the inner gang or whatever the hell that they call them. Uh, the inner gang, maybe. That's going to be that right there. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it kind of gives you Avengers vibes right there. Just a little bit. Don't kill people. Heroes don't kill people? Well, I do. Well, I do. So, so we got that right there, which is a cool little, like, you know, exchange right there. Again, the color palette needs to fucking be adjusted. Some people did adjustments to, like, some of the shots, and it just looked a lot better. So hopefully they... They start listening to people about the color palette. I mean, the helmet looks great. Hawkman's helmet looks fantastic. And then you got this right here, which is like, okay. <laughs> now we're getting into the goofy shit. Now we're just getting into the goofy shit. This is where it's like, oh, shit. All right, so now we got this villain right here. He's uh, show, you know, he's shown back up, and he's just kind of like, all right, what's happening? And then some, this dude right here tries to hit him with his little the club folding whatever the fuck they call this thing and then of course it just doesn't do anything and then it's like huh and then we see a shot of him getting launched out into the water all right i thought that was a little cheesy but what can you do this is a cool shot though i like that that's a cool shot my vision is and then of course with this beautiful guy right here holding his helmet and then we got this uh, Top Gun Maverick moment right here. So we got him flying. He doesn't do this, which is good. I mean, if you're like a badass and you're a villain, you're going to put your arms back like that. You're not going to do the Superman stuff. And I do... Uh, the destroyer of this world. Right there. I mean, I like the fact that he just said, fuck you, and just said, see ya. Or you can be that should be savior. interesting. And then we got this shot of uh, what's her name right here with uh, I don't know I don't think that's her son or anything like that is it's probably just somebody random right there. We got this statue right here that looks like him. I don't know. That's a Black Adam statue. I don't think it is. So he's chasing after these guys right here on the bike. So I mean, Black Adam's gonna fuck some people up at least. That's up to you. See, then it looks all cool, and then it gets to another kooky part. 
Okay, let's roll up the windows. And... See, I just, I, I don't know if I like about this. Does this remind you of anything? Did just catch a rocket? Does that remind you of anything? Does that remind you of anything? What does that remind you of? Anybody? What does that remind you of? Remember when Steppenwolf caught a little rocket or a missile in his hand? Kind of reminded me of that. <sighs> but it's just like, it's like one of those moments where it's like, all right, do I take this seriously or do I take it not? I don't know. Blows up. Cool. They're okay. And then it's like, oh, did he die? Of course he didn't die. And then, of course, they have to slam the window like that. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Black Adam trailer. Kind of broke it down right there. Um, you know, as I watch it, I'm like, all right, there's some good things in there. There's definitely some good things in there. I mean, there's, you know, he is going to be a little bit ruthless. He's going to be killing some people, which is good. Please do that. But at the same time, it's almost like a, I'm just worried about what they, uh, the tone that they want to do when it comes to Black Adam. It's like, okay, does he remain this ruthless villain killer and the JSA is going after him? Or is it a whole thing where they're just trying to be like, hey, join us, join us, join us. And then, of course, you have the human aspect, which you have this really hot woman <laughs> who's like an archaeological you know, person. And then you got her buddy, who is obviously the comic relief. You know, you got that whole trope. You got the hot woman and then you got... Uh, who's going to be like, all right, yeah, we, we found you and blah, blah, blah. And then I got my, you know, I got my little buddy who's, you know, obviously goofy, overweight and blah, blah, blah. And he's going to be the comic relief. I just worry that the tone, yeah, because what, what was heard when it came to the test footage was the fact that the tone of the movie is kind of gets all over the place. It's like, yeah, you can have some humor, which there's going to definitely be. But at the same time, it's like this is supposed to be a movie about a villain, a super villain. That's the thing. That's the problem and uh that that i think they're going to be uh you know that that's going to have an issue with when it comes to this movie but i mean this didn't i was a little underwhelmed i will say that but at the same time i'm like i don't know what i was actually expecting i think i wanted to see more of the jsa and uh kind of makes you wonder when it comes to these trailers how much of the jsa are they actually going to show because, I mean, obviously, but at the same time, it's like they're looking at people's reactions. And a lot of people are saying, I'm really fascinated with the JSA stuff. Not so much Black Adam. That's just, ah, that's not tracking too well when you have a movie called Black Adam. Maybe they should have just retitled the movie JSA. It kind of makes you wonder, too, if like how much are they going to capitalize off the JSA? Are they going to build a world from that? And then, of course, how does this lead to Shazam? I mean, I guess we'll find out that, too, when it comes to mid-credit, post-credit scenes, whatever the fuck they decide to do, you know. And I know that a lot of people are saying, like, yeah, that's right. Henry Cavill, Superman's going to be in the post-credit. Don't listen to those people. There's a particular YouTuber that fucking is putting that out there, but he puts out a lot of BS, too, uh, which is sucks when these guys do this shit and they post a lot of bullshit you know, just to get the clicks, which sucks because it's like, oh, yeah, well, it's working for them because people are clicking in on their shit. And, uh, you know, when they end up being wrong, they, you know, they just turn a blind eye to it. Gone to the next topic. Nobody, uh, nobody bats an eye, which is really ridiculous. It makes me go like, man, I should just do that with my channel. No, I'm not going to do that. I have a little thing called integrity. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people are hoping that 
there would be a Henry Cavill uh, post-credit. I mean, as of right now, we've talked about it. Obviously, we talked about it yesterday with that whole article from Variety and the whole Superman thing that they are talking about. Do they stick with Cavill? They start over fresh. What are they going to do? No deal has been made with Cavill, sadly. I mean, obviously, if something can be made in the next couple of months, maybe they can do something in there. But the thing is, though, it's like if they try to shoehorn something in there at the last minute, and it might be just be like, ugh. It might just not look good and look cheap and whatever the hell. But maybe eventually it could get to a point where we do want to see. And, and I love the uh, the fan art that a lot of people are making, like with posters and stuff. You have, you have Black Adam, Shazam, and Superman. I mean, uh, if I, I mean, seriously, Dave Zaslav, if you really want to, like, you know, help your Superman problem you have right there, I mean, just bring Cavill back in. Throw the money at him, promise him his movie, and then have him sign a contract where he has cameos. If you if you want to build a universe or, you know, continue doing something in a universe with DC, you got to build it around your Superman. You already have a Superman, so just do that right there. I don't know, but it might be too late when it comes to anything showing up in Black Adam. I mean, I remember at one point I thought, for sure, Cavill might end up uh, showing up in either that or, I mean, of course, The Flash is a whole different story, but, I mean, ah, man, it would just be so awesome. But, uh, you know, if anything changes and I hear anything, I'll let you know. But as of right now, it just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. But, yeah, so there's a trailer. There's a breakdown right there. Overall, decent trailer, but at the same time, I think a lot more, I think a lot of us are more intrigued by the JSA than actually Black Adam himself, which is not degraded not not exactly what you want from a trailer reaction so okay now speaking of uh more problems that warner brothers discovery has we have a new article fucking tmz uh coming in right here when it comes to ezra man just yeah when just when you thought that okay the ezra stuff is starting to you know it's starting to go you know we're okay. Ezra just needs to lie low or whatever the fuck. And then all of a sudden we get something like this. <laughs> parents say actor, uh, Ezra Miller, parents say actors taken control of their daughter, ask court for protective order. Exclusive! Ezra Miller is not only a bad influence, they're uh, a danger to well-being uh, of an 18-year-old woman, at least according to her parents who are asking court to step in and keep the actor from her. According to new legal docs obtained by TMZ, Dakota Iron Eyes, interesting name, met uh, a then 23-year-old Ezra Miller in 2016, and she just was just 12, and the actor was visiting a, uh, the Standing Rock Reservation in North Dakota. From there, Dakota's parents say she and Ezra developed a friendship they believe puts Dakota at risk. There's Dakota right there. Dakota's parents say Miller flew to flew her to London in 2017 to visit the studio where Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him was filmed. And she was at, uh, she was a big fan of Miller and was uh, in the movie at the time of the trip. They say Dakota was 14 and Ezra was 25. And then there's all kinds of uh, interesting stuff, too, right here as a friendship. So basically, it's looking like Dakota was actually uh, I don't know. It's all very interesting. Not only uh, that, they claim best known as the Flatbed Redout disrupted Dakota's schooling and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, they talk about other things, too, where um, he basically was grooming her 
and getting her uh, all kinds of druggies and stuff like that right here. It says in the docs, Ezra uses violence, intimidation, threat of violence, fear, paranoia, delusions, and drugs to hold sway over a young adolescent, Dakota. They claim Ezra is also uh, told Dakota to solely uh, go by Gibson, a nickname she formerly used with uh, the family and blah, blah, blah. So there's all this that is happening right now. Um, and then, of course, we have this from Dakota herself, who basically said, it's all bullshit. She debunked it. I'd like to make a statement to acknowledge the tragedy that is the narrative of the general public and the assumptions made on my behalf by my family and friends regarding my stability and otherwise. I dropped out of Bard five months ago. My friend and comrade, comrade William, passed shortly thereafter. My mind was incredibly impacted, and I needed space and time for processing of grief. My comrade... Comrade, am I saying that right? I don't know. Probably not. Ezra Miller, for the entirety of the aforementioned era, has only provided loving support and invaluable protection throughout this period of loss. I'm in no way or under any circumstance have ever been during my short-lived adulthood in need of con uh, conservatorship. My father and his allegations hold no weight and are frankly transphobic and based in the notion that I am somehow incapable of coherent thought or opposing opinions through those of my kindred worrying about my well-being. I am now aware of the severity of emotional and psychological manipulation as I was made to endure while in my parents' home. Oof. I'm an adult and I deserve to feel authority in my own body. I am tired of wondering whether or not cops will show up to section me on a daily basis. I have decided upon a therapist and am excited to now engage in conversation with a mental health professional about my anxiety and probable depression. It is no one's business. My choices are my own. And as the nature of police intervention in my case, it is unnecessary and it is a waste of time and resource. This bout of blatant betrayal and toxicity my parents and others have chosen to punish me with has been desperately embarrassing and trauma, traumatically uh, life-altering relationships in my life have been grossly affected, some detrimentally uh, so. This behavior is unacceptable and needs to be called out. So there's that too. So she came out and said, hey, you want some context? Here's some fucking context. But then at the same time, oh. At the same time, um, look at the wrong thing right there. Um, let's see. Did I not have that thing up? I had another thing up, and I think I clicked back at the wrong thing. Hold on. Not that. Let's see what we got here. What did I? I had something else right here, too. Oh, yeah, there's this. I didn't click back on that. So, all right. So we got this also right here. Sorry. <laughs> my messages are all like wait so we got this right here um apparently they said my daughter uh takata iron eyes has not had a phone since january of 2022 ezra miller has control of uh takata's instagram if you know takata's whereabouts please contact me so she does not look happy right there by the way so there's that too there's all kinds of things but then there's pe people that are saying like hey guess what um no there's a lot of things that uh 
that don't, don't look right, don't look anything, but uh, this is what's out there right now. And a lot of pieces are out there, and now they're saying that, oh, Ezra is actually controlling her Instagram, but who knows? Everything's kind of up in the air right now. But at the same time, what I've been telling you guys is, yeah, possibly, I mean, we're going to hear from Ezra's side eventually. Essentially, you know, and uh, we'll see when that happens and what's going to be happening with that. But we got all that. We got all this right now. And it just seems like we don't know exactly the whole story. We just don't. We just don't don't know the whole story. You know, you got the TMZ that keeps putting shit out there. And then all of a sudden we've got people that push back against it. And then, of course, we have the mother that's pushing back against that. There's all kinds of things that are crazy things that are happening right now. But what's sad, though, is the narrative is just Ezra is is just this horrible, horrible, horrible person, a groomer and all this kind of stuff right now that's added to the list now. And it's just kind of going like, holy shit, like what is happening here? And yeah, we'll see what happens when uh, more stuff gets um, gets put out there. Mr. Jason McKenzie, thank you, sir, for the $50 super chat. Thank you, sir. You're always awesome. Helping that pirate ship, baby. Appreciate it, man. Uh, sugar daddy came through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. Right there. That's right. Jason is my sugar daddy right there. But, uh, but anyways, guys, be patient. Let's just be patient. Yeah. It all looks bad. The narrative looks really bad, but we'll see what happens when it comes to Ezra's camp. Maybe something will, uh, come about when it comes to that. And then, uh, obviously Ezra is getting some help right now. We know that uh, Ezra is back in, this, in the, uh, the mainland. He's not in Hawaii anymore or anything like that. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, and I'm sure there's going to be more to this story right here. I guess we'll see. But, man, I tell you what, it's just, it just can't catch a break. Can't catch a break. Just really can't catch a break. Moving on. Jurassic World Dominion. Who's seeing it this weekend, huh? We seeing Jurassic World Dominion? Like I told you guys, I did a rewatch. I watched all the Jurassic, you know, the park and world movies besides Jurassic Park 3 because I felt like that wasn't needed, which really wasn't. And, um, but, I, you know, but it's not a terrible movie. I would just say it's the weakest one of the bunch. Uh, some people don't feel that way, but I think it's the weakest one of the bunch. Um, what's kind of funny about all this too, and seeing the reactions to, uh, the reviews and everything like that, I'm seeing people on my timeline just totally just going, man, they really fucked up with these Jurassic world movies and blah, 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 blah. They were so good when it was, you know, the Jurassic park movies and man, man, man. And I'm just kind of going, where the fuck was it going to go? This is about man creating dinosaurs, bringing dinosaurs back from this, from extinction. And yes, Obviously, the first Jurassic Park, iconic. It changed cinema. Everything about that movie is absolutely fantastic. It's the best one. Nothing's going to beat it. And then you had The Lost World, which was a little weaker, but it did further some certain things and certain aspects, specifically when it came to the dinosaurs. And I guess you could say, like, when you watch The Lost World, it's really all about, like, hey, some of these dinosaurs got a bad rap when it came to how they were. I mean, the T-Rex, the they're just making it seem like the T-Rex just, like, you know, basically just, uh, you know, knocks boots with another T-Rex and then just leaves, ups and leaves. But, you know. They're trying to prove that wrong and the whole, you know, the baby T-Rex and everything. But I think when it came to the Lost World, I think what throws off the narrative of that movie is the fact that um, is the fact that uh, 
Thank you, uh, yeah, Mr. Aaron Bailey. Yeah, they're moving off the islands. Thank you for being a, a member for a year. Thank you, sir. Um, when it comes to that, uh, I think I think it was just kind of thrown off because when they when they get off the island in Lost World, then they're on they're, you know they're back in San Diego, and then of course that whole shit happens. I think it kind of throws people off. To me, rewatching it again because I hadn't watched Lost World all the way from start to finish in a long time, I was like, you know, it works, but I could see how it threw probably people off because you know it's all about the the island and the dinosaurs and blah 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 and you had the raptor scenes and shit like that and then all of a sudden you're back on the mainland and you have a t-rex going through a fucking neighborhood in san diego it's a it's a little it could be a little jarring i could totally see that but one of the main things was just like you know and then of course spilling into jurassic park 3 when they brought back dr grant you know it's all about the raptors all about the raptors and the fact of how smart the raptors are and then the jurassic world really took that with of course chris pratt's character owen and then of course the whole blue thing which i think is the most fascinating aspect of the new movies is blue you know i mean blue i mean i any when we were watching uh, jurassic world and jurassic world fallen kingdom i can't I mean it's hard to just not yell out you're my boy blue even though blue's a girl but it's still you know you say you're my boy blue and blue is always like saving the day and blue is very much still alive curious to see what happens in uh, jurassic world dominion so when it comes to the box office this is what uh deadline or what deadline posted to uh for projections right here. oops and uh, thank you, Mr. Team Rad, for the $5 Super Chat. Hiya. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. And then, of course, we have a new subscriber, David Martin. Nice name. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion making 10 pulls serious again with running a $325 million worldwide by Sunday. Wow. So it's actually going to be doing better than Top Gun Maverick in its opening weekend. I'm sure, though, it's going to have a pretty significant drop, though second second uh week jurassic world dominion which has colin trevorrow returning to the director's chair after skipping 2008's fallen kingdom will see its worldwide box office rise to 325 million plus after debuting in u.s and canada with at least 125 million dollars right there 4600 uh plus theaters right there and yes they do have china China right now. They, you know, Top Gun Maverick didn't have China because they were, uh, they didn't like the patches on Maverick's back. I don't get it. But uh, Jurassic World Dominion definitely has China that's happening with it. From 59 new offshore markets, including China, 150 million plus if you include holdovers. So it's, uh, it's going to be doing pretty well. It's going to be uh, essentially doing pretty well when it comes to this. But as of right now, the uh, the reviews are pouring in, and it's not looking good when it comes to reviews. Currently on the tomato meter, it is at 39%. It is a rotten tomato, 112 reviews right here. And, uh, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? The only joy in this movie comes from the precise mockery, uh, mimicry. It was not, uh, it has not, it has no identity if it, of its own, which becomes depressingly apparent when the franchise's old and new characters finally come face to face. The supermarket sweep approach to blockbuster filmmaking reaches its horrible, uh, you know, <laughs> there's just people that are just like, you know, tearing into it. But I'm just kind of going, what were you expecting? William Powell, what's going on, sir? I have a dinosaur pin. He has a dinosaur pin for you. Oh, man. Uh, he's trying to get me to Vegas. There's not a single moment... 
of genuine dread, fear, or even mild unease. Ooh, Kevin Marr. Just not liking it. Uh, but then we got a, you know, positive reviews right here. While Jurassic World Dominion offers up some light white summer fun, it's not exactly satisfying. So no tears, but plenty of laughs. Well, that's good. You're going to say some ha-has. If disappointment can be measured in dinosaurs, Jurassic World Dominion is a brontosaurus of bummer. Ah, Jurassic World, not a fan, Ian says, as if... Uh, be, uh, as if you beat the audience from saying the same thing about this movie. Dominion leans on the notion of sci-fi dys, uh, dystopia um, doubling as an old-fashioned monster movie. That's a positive review? <laughs> if director and co-writer Colin Trevorrow and company's scripting and pacing feels a little all over the top, oh, uh, all over the shop, there are plenty of breathtaking and crowd-pleasing sequences and more than a few memorable moments and inventive shots. That's all I need. I'm not looking for anything deep here, guys. It's fucking dinosaurs and people. That's what's funny. That's what I realized when watching these movies over this last weekend. I'm like, I don't really need too much depth. Just dinosaurs and craziness. And obviously, when it came to Fallen Kingdom... Uh, we want we we want Jesse's back door on what the fuck? All right, there, Jose. I don't know what the hell that means. Again, most of the time I have no idea what the hell you guys are talking about in the live chat. Holy lord! Interesting. Dominion leans on the notion of sci-fi. So yeah, we already read that. Much like Fallen Kingdom, Dominion feels uh, never feels remotely organic to what the original films suggested: cloning and creating dinosaurs. How did Fallen Kingdom not feel like that? That's what the whole thing was all about. They created like a, a whole new raptor. And not to mention the little plot twist at the end that the guy who was working with John Hammond cloned his daughter. That little aspect of it, I didn't like. When I first watched it, I thought it was like, whoa, whoa, what are we doing here? We're, we're talking about humans now? But then when I rewatched it again, I went, you know what? That's actually kind of cool. Well, you know, obviously we can't have John Hammond back. He's passed away in this series, but you have somebody that he worked with and they had a falling out because he cloned his daughter using similar methods of what they were doing here. And I thought that was actually pretty cool. And the thing about Fallen Kingdom is it was very much like a horror movie. It took place in a creepy old house, of course, when it was at night and raining with that whole, um, what, what's that? Uh, I forgot what the raptor was called, but anyways, guys. I don't care. Obviously, if you want to go watch it, go watch it. And apparently a lot of people are going to go watch this damn thing. It's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, uh, you know, we got a little hint from Fallen Kingdom. Jeff Goldblum, of course, Ian Malcolm showed up, but he was only at the little hearing thing. Uh, now, of course, he's going to be more part of it. Um, yes, there were some people that actually said that it was kind of almost Rise of Skywalker-esque. And I'm just kind of going, no, there's no way that it's going to be as messy as Rise of Skywalker. I mean, sure, it could be messy and clunky and whatever. Maybe. Okay. But there's no way that it's going to be Rise of Skywalker level mess because that was taking fucking like four decades of shit and trying to round it up. You know, Jurassic Park, that franchise has not been around that long and there wasn't a lot of mythology wrapped around in it so i you know when people were saying that comparing it to rise of skywalker i'm like fuck off you just i don't know what the hell you were expecting and i and honestly i don't know 
what people are, you know, it's dinosaurs and people. Now I'm, I'm in what Aaron Bailey said earlier today to your, what he said earlier was like, I love the fact that yes, no longer fallen kingdom wiped the Island off. Like there's no more Island. Now this is all on the mainland. That's what I'm looking forward to. And the way that fallen kingdom ended. And I thought, uh, what's his name? Uh, the director, J a, what's his name? Did such a good job of like, okay, they had to go back to the island volcano. That's that's something we didn't see. A volcano is going to erupt. Let's try to rescue some of these species. Obviously, you know, when it comes to these movies, you have the same trope of man wants to fucking sell these creatures and use them as soldiers and whatever the fuck, which is like, all right, yes, we're going to have that again. Sure. But I just yeah, that scene, though, when you see the brontosaurus. Uh, when the boat boat is pulling away and you see the brontosaurus getting consumed by the uh, the smoke and the ash and the lava, goddamn, hits you right in the feels, hits you right in the feels. So, but anyways, whatever. Um, this movie's gonna do gangbusters and uh, it's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Seeing it tomorrow, so look forward to my first reaction review. And uh, I don't know if I'll be as harsh unless something, unless just things has really bugged the shit out of me. I don't know. I don't see that happening. I really don't. I, I just rewatching those movies. I got just re just invigorated into this world again, and I'm 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 excited to see the conclusion. All right, now time to do some reviews of some fucking Disney Plus shows. Obi Wan Kenobi, Episode Four. What's missing? There's something that. What's missing in this show? There's something missing in this show. That's the thing. I liked how this show started. Slow burn. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, here comes Vader. Here comes Vader. And that was kind of cool. But then there's something that was like, I was like, wait, that's not really working as well as I hoped it would. And I think a lot of people felt that way. Um, because you know, the first two episodes felt like, oh man, this is pretty like, yeah, this is feeling cinematic and all this stuff. And then a sudden Vader comes in and I was like, all right, that's cool. But some things just felt a little off. The editing felt a little weird when they first showed Vader. I went, okay, why did Rogue One do it so much better with him? And now we have this episode where, you know, we get to see Obi-Wan more in action, which was cool. I enjoyed that part of it, but I don't know. It's just this, this show is just missing something. It's missing something. And I think it's just because it's it's got this it's got this, you know, this line, this very thin line that it's got to balance itself to not break canon, but also introduce some new shit. So it's like the show is walking this very thin line of, hey, we don't want to piss off all the fucking canon gatekeepers, but we also want to do some cool new shit as well. So I think that's where this show is suffering, and that's why some of it is just like, eh. And, you know, there were some cool things in this episode. Obviously, it's furthering the whole rescuing of little young Princess Leia. But man, it just felt like there's just certain things. And again, the whole Reva, Rev, whatever her name is, the, the, you know, the Inquisitor, who's not the Grand Inquisitor yet, she's not coming around, you know? If uh, Star Wars wants to call me racist because I don't like her performance or her character, then fine. We already talked about that last week where, you know, it's like, oh, wait, there's a bunch of people don't like her character because she's black. It's like, no, you just, her character is not that great. The performance, the writing of the character is just not that great. The only the thing that works 
the best in this series is Obi-Wan and little young Princess Leia. She's not a princess yet, right? Just that's what works the best. But yeah, it just feels like it's just not a there's just something missing here. And I'm wondering what the last two episodes are going to be like. And then I'm wondering what's going to happen in season two. They really got to amp it up a little bit. But I mean, I'm still enjoying it. It's just just feels like it's just missing something. It's just missing something. I don't know. Who knows? But there you go. There's my uh, review of episode uh, episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And now we got the debut episode, the premiere of Miss Marvel. That's right. Now, when I watched the trailer, uh, we watched the trailer on here. We even read reviews and everything. Um, I was kind of going, this, this, this show is probably not going to be for me. So, but I'm going to give it a shot and I'll probably, you know, stick it out. We'll see if, if I uh, get pulled in to stick it out. Um, and when I watched the show, uh, pleasantly surprised a little bit. Um, when it comes to Miss Marvel, uh, Amon, uh, whatever her name is, I forget what her last name is, but Amon, you know, who plays Kamala. I actually really dug her character. I actually dug her character. She's a very, very likable character, you know, and obviously it's going to be like, hey, you got to get introduced to her, her family life. It's a familiar trope because obviously, you know, she's Muslim. And so you got that whole aspect of it, which is fun. There's a lot of culture, uh, like a culture montage that happens in this uh, opening episode, which is like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, she's living in, um, you know, in New York City. Why is like all these heroes live in fucking New York? That's one thing about Marvel is like all the fucking heroes live in like New York City. It's like, OK, or Brooklyn or something or, you know, in New York. They just live in New York. But anyways, so you get that aspect of it. And then, of course, you see the introduction of her powers, which I know some people didn't like. I didn't have a problem with it. And then, of course, there's like this whole scene that happens at Avengers Con, which I'm surprised that Kevin Feige hasn't made an actual thing yet. But it's also kind of weird, too, because, you know, she's very much a fangirl, obviously, of of uh, Captain Marvel and all the Avengers and everything. So, I mean, it's it's dare I say it's cute. It's a cute series. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to pull me along all the way to the end. I'm going to try. But the first episode was good enough where I'm going to be like, all right, let's see where this goes. What I liked about the direction of Miss Marvel and what's happening in this first episode, I like the whole like uh, because she draws a lot and stuff. So when her and her buddy are like talking, you see like the drawings on like walls and stuff like behind them. And even when they're text messaging, you'll see the stuff appear like behind them. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was kind of cool, but uh, you know, it's very much a coming of age story of a new hero and blah 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 blah. So we'll see if it um, keeps me going. But as of right now, enjoyed the first episode. We'll see what happens when it comes to you know furthering the story and who shows up and whatever the hell. So I don't know. We'll see. But otherwise, yeah, it's okay. Check it out. All right. So we got all that. Now let's uh, let's go to the tweets. Let's go to the tweets, the Twitter questions. If I, there we are. Let's see what you guys have to say on Twitter. All right. Okay. So 
Uh, Eric uh, Blake, let's see, exclusive. Uh, producer Haram Garcia confirms Dwayne Johnson's character is aware of other DC heroes in the solo uh, movie. We know that those guys exist. There's a, there's even conversations where he's told that there's other heroes out there. Okay, so then why the fuck on the fucking... See, this is where that stupid goddamn tagline on the poster doesn't make any goddamn sense. The world needed a hero. They got Black Adam. Okay, so if there's other heroes that exist, then why the fuck did you put that tagline on the fucking poster it's ridiculous what else did he say it's just done i mean that's where that tagline just doesn't even make sense exactly and for us you'll feel the effects in our world we know that those guys exist there's even conversations where he's told that there's other heroes out there but he's very specific in the kind of hero he is we like the idea of knowing that he has now been put into this world and he's kind of a disruption because they're not used to having a person that powerful be that much of a live wire. They can't figure out how to control him. All right. Interesting. Oh, why did I do that? I don't know. Um, interesting. But I just that just makes that tagline even more stupid. <laughs> That's the thing in that poster. All right. So we'll see what happens. I wonder if they actually mention heroes by name. Probably not. But we'll see. Uh, CK, Cooper Knox. It's all fun and games for uh, Black Adam trying to change the hierarchy and power of the DC Universe until a certain super-powered man wearing a blue and red suit swoops in and starts kicking his ass. Yeah, but we have to have him take on Shazam first, right? He's basically supposed to be Shazam's goddamn arch nemesis. And everybody can't top, stop talking about Superman. <laughs> this was funny. And it's like currently right now, guys, there's no deal with anybody who's Superman. So I know I, I get the optimism, but Jesus Christ, he has to fight Shazam first. Uh, Carrie. Hey, Dave, am I crazy or was Black Adam supposed to be a period piece set in the 50s or 60s? I don't think they ever said that. Um, I don't get how the JSA are a present day team that has been around a while. When the JL is a new team, the JL is uh, supposed, uh, supposed to be an anomaly. That This just shows how disconnected the DCEU is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we already know how disconnected the DCEU is. You know, don't expect anything to be fucking fully connected. There's not going to be a lot of connective tissue that's happening. Yes, the JSA has always been like more old, but then there's, you know, there's also been like a new earth type of JSA and whatever the hell. So, yeah, it'll be interesting if they mention like, you know, the Alan Scott Green Lantern or something like that from like way back when. I mean, obviously we have a Dr. Fate who is very much older and maybe there'll be a mention of the, the old JSA team in the movie, which I wouldn't be surprised. Ryan, Dave, did the hierarchy of uh, power in the Top Gun verse just change? Yes, I think so. Look at that. Aran, you got to break the rule, Barry, and you got to do it now. Ezra Miller's seen basic law. Ha, ha, ha. That's a meme. Yeah. Uh, Joe Bridges, comment. Um, the Black Adam trailer looked like a generic comic book movie. Nothing really compelling about the character. 
Standard origin story material. The overall look feels disconnected from reality. I was hoping The Rock would deliver something more elevated than this. And that's what some people thought. Can you? Um, yeah, I mean, I could see why people complained because, you know, it was a little like, all right, well, there you go. There's a trailer. Nothing like stood out big time for me. I think when we saw the opening scene during DC fandom, that really that 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 hyped a lot of people up. And then he said, uh, can you explain why the Mandalorian was so good, but everything since is just kind of OK? Is it something behind the scenes, writers, producers, directors? I really don't understand the disparity and quality between the Mandalorian and shows like Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, <laughs> Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi were already existing characters. The Mandalorian was something completely different that we didn't. I mean, I think they touched it a little bit in the, the animated verse. But uh, that's I, I think when it came to the Mandalorian, it was a lot it was a lot easier to be like, all right, we can do something fresh and different when it comes to that, because nobody's really, you know, there hasn't been a character like this. But when it comes to Boba Fett and it comes to Obi-Wan Kenobi, a little bit more difficult, just a little bit more difficult. So, yeah. So that's why I think that, you know, it's a little bit, you know, that's why I think it's uh, been a little bit more difficult when it comes to. Uh, you know, Book of Boba Fett and then uh, and then Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like I said, it's just both of them are like, man, there's just something missing here. What I you know, what are we missing here with both of these characters? I mean, they're beloved characters, but yet it just feels like there's just there's something there's just something not there, you know, and it sucks because I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a Book of Boba Fett season two. There's definitely going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi season two. I mean, we can all pretty much, that's pretty much guaranteed that there's going to be another one, but it just feels like it's missing something and definitely does. But, uh, yeah, anyways, guys, so, uh, you know, final thoughts of the week when it comes to everything. I mean, when it comes to Black Adam, when it comes to what's going on in Warner Brothers Discovery, I mean, it's all about patience right now. Luckily, we don't have to be too patient when it comes to changes that are happening at Warner Brothers Discovery because... David Zaslav is just totally just go, 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 go. And things are changing. Obviously, we just uh, another person who worked with Toby is stepping down as well. Things are looking good when it comes to that. Really is looking good. Um, we're going to, like I said, any day now, who knows when exactly it's going to be. But any day now, we're going to get that uh, that name that's going to be thrown out there, that's going to be the head of DC Studios. Um, of course, with uh, DeLuca and, and Pamela Abdi coming in, they're going to be looking at things too. There's just a lot of shuffling around, a lot of shakeups, a lot of everything. Um, so any day now, I think, you know, I feel and just talking with people is like, yeah, we're going to get that name soon. It's probably not going to be a name that we know of. Um, of course, but, uh, I know some people are even saying like, it'd be sweet if Greg Berlanti comes in. I'm like, what? I had people in my mentions go, what if it Berlanti comes in and runs these DC studios? It's like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. I mean, Berlanti did some stuff. Cool. Yeah, he did some. Yeah. But then it all just kind of fell off and you know, that's definitely not going to happen. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, everything's just kind of up in the air when it comes to that. But I mean, it's starting, I mean, Zaslav is definitely 
steering the ship into the right direction and trying to plug all the holes that, uh, you know, Emmerich and Sujihara and those guys have created when it comes to all this. And uh, just going back to what we were talking about yesterday when it came to that Variety article and Henry Cavill and saying he's aging out and blah, 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 blah. Um, I mean, that very much could have been a power play from some of the people that are still there that are going to be losing their jobs. <laughs> that cocksucker. Um, who knows? But um, hopefully they could see like, hey, you know, there is fucking value in this motherfucker right here. There is some value. You don't have to start over fresh. You can continue on with this guy. And uh, I mean, I to me and a lot and all of us say that's we think that's a smart thing to do is like. You already have an established Superman that went through the ringer and now he could be the Superman that everybody wants him to be, which a lot of people didn't realize that that's what Zack was trying to do when it came to Superman and just build off of that. Just build off of that. And you got an Amy Adams, Lois Lane right there, too. I mean, you have you have two valuable fucking people already in there. And, you know, obviously, Lawrence Fishburne as Perry, also a known actor that's trying to do. That 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 adds a little bit more value into the uh, the Superman Superman world right there. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. And then of course with the whole Ezra Miller thing, and like I tell you guys, just be patient on that too. Everything's all about patience. Really all about patience on what is happening over there. And uh, we just gotta wait and see what's what's gonna happen. What's gonna come about when it comes to Ezra's side? What's gonna come about uh, with uh, whoever's gonna be leading DC Studios? The person who ends up getting appointed to uh, the the head of DC Studios might just say, "Fuck it all. Let's just reboot the whole thing." They might do that. That's a possibility. You know, that's always a possibility. And yes, I know some people are gonna be disappointed about that, but you know. What are they going to do? I just don't see them actually announcing that they're going to reboot everything until after The Flash comes out. Seems like uh, that'd be a, a dumb thing to put out there before. But, you know, there's always been that Superman problem. The Superman problem. How do we do a Superman movie? And, you know, they figured it out back in 2013. It's like, continue off of that, please. But God knows that that's going to be the case. But. Yeah, just got to be patient, and like I said, be patient, too, with uh, with the Ezra Miller stuff. And uh, Black Adam, uh, yeah, a little underwhelming. Some people are just kind of going, uh, uh. But at the same time, you got Dwayne Johnson at the helm. We'll see what happens. There will be more trailers. Hopefully DC fandom will be something pretty awesome. I guess we'll see. But there you go. But can we trust him? Zaslav, that's up to you. Zaslav is, what did he say? As they always say, it's show business, not show friends. Okay? There's people out there, there are fans out there that, that like, I, like I said, especially in the Snyder fan, and I keep trying to tell them, stop, stop, temper down your expectations, because they were thinking that Zaslav is going to full-on be bringing Zach back and restoring the Snyderverse. That doesn't look like it's going to be fully the case. And then they're thinking that, Deborah Snyder is going to come in and fucking run DC Studios. Stop that. She don't want to do that. She's happy where she's at. Working with Zack, they are making movies somewhere else. They have Stone Quarry. It's just not going to happen. It's going to be somebody else, but hopefully it's somebody that has good business knowledge, and then they can have people like, I don't know, like a Jim Lee or somebody else that could just help them out and make sure that these movies are like, hey, satisfy the fans. But not everything's going to be satisfying. All right. 
That's it, guys. Um, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Of course, it's Wednesday, so no show tomorrow. But Friday, of course, we'll have the vodka stream. Um, Patreon, I'll do myself podcast tomorrow uh, before I go see Jurassic uh, World Dominion. And, of course, look forward to my first reaction review. Members, um, we'll be doing a post show after this, so look forward to that on your feed. And we'll talk a little bit more. If you want to be a part of that, become a member. Do so. Do all that stuff. Hit that like, thumbs up. Do all that stuff. Follow me on the sock notes. Everything is down below. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, members, I'll see you guys in a little bit. Talk to everybody else later. Mm-hmm.